Today with Mexico playing, there will likely be moments during the match, particularly when the Dutch keeper takes a goal kick, when Mexico and Mexican fans will be yelling a word in unison. This is a long-standing tradition at Mexican national team matches. The word is an anti-gay slur in Spanish. And here at the World Cup, this has become a bit of an international issue. FIFA has looked into it. Mexican officials have acknowledged the impossibility of policing the conduct in the line. Hello, YouTube and iTunes listeners to episode 17 of Los Cachirules Soccer Podcast, presented by SoccerChronicle.com. On today's show, we'll be discussing the fine Mexico received for the anti-gay chants, uh, the infamous chants that actually began our show. Also, some of the recent controversy regarding foreign and naturalized players and their supposed detriment on young developing Mexican talent. And finally, week one of the Liga MX Glasura. I am your host, Daniel Preciado. Also joining me today, we have Joel Aceves. How's it going, Jolie? Pretty good. Glad to be back. Dan. So uh, we'll be discussing your Chivas soon. I can't wait to talk to you um, about uh, the match, actually. I was uh, quite impressed with actually how the team looked, disappointed with how they were unable to finish. But we'll get to that. Uh, also joining us is Albert Chiqui Scampas. What's going on, Beto? How are you today? Hey, good evening, everybody. Good to be here. Uh, well done with the opening clip. I uh, The... I, I like the way the guy put it. It's pretty cool. Can't wait to... <laughs> yeah, that's Bob Lee. Bob Lee from ESPN. Okay. Is that a recent clip or is that from... Uh... No, that was from the World Cup. Okay, that's what I thought. Holland game, yeah. All right. Also joining us is Ronnie De Luna. What's going on, dude? How are you? Hey, what's up, guys? So um, I I figure we'll start with you and get your opinion since you're, a, a, you're, you're an expert in this, right? How so? I don't know. I just figured uh, um, the the subject matter of uh, puto is be something that you might be familiar with. <laughs> well, I, I I don't. We've we've touched on this in I don't remember what I said, but I I agree. You know, if there's a is the you know. I don't think we should be censoring free speech. Uh, if a club is actually, you know, promoting, you know, that sort of, you know, racist. If they're they putting it up on the jumbotron. On jumbotron, yeah, I, I understand. But I mean, where do you draw the line? I mean, there, there gets a point where it's like it, it just starts to get ridiculous, and. Okay, uh, they find what Argentina, they find Uruguay, they find Mexico. Now, keep in mind, you know, and they find that you know the the, the, Peru the, as well. the whole, yeah Peru as well. Well, who are they going to find when Mexico does that in the U.S. in these Partido uh, Moleros? Are they are they going to go after what the U.S. Federation since they're responsible? Are they going to are they going to fall fine? You know, Soccer United, you know, marketing. Who you know? Who basically you know promotes these things? 
So well, I don't, I don't know. ever go in that direction. I think it's clear that Mexico fans, therefore the Mexican Federation, will be held responsible. Right, 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 right. But here, like for example, I mean, you know, Mexico plays what about seven, eight games a year in the United States. We've all been to the games here in the U.S. It's, it's, it, it happens. Even it even happens, you know, in in, in non uh, Mexico games in the U.S. now because it's it's just so part of the culture. Yeah, anywhere where there's a Mexico team. Or the Mexico, yeah. yeah. If it's played here in the states, chances are you're gonna hear it. Even the, all the yeah, casual. I mean, I mean, it's one of the things the casual fans I think actually look forward to. Some of the casual exactly. fans look forward to. You know, you know, the, the Central Americans, you know, do it now. Um, um, so I mean, are you gonna? Are you gonna? I mean, if FIFA's gonna do it, the, the, it's either all or nothing. I mean, that's that's what I say. It's either all or nothing. There's no gray area here. Uh, I just I just think it's stupid. I think it's ridiculous. Beto, do you think? Was that? I was just gonna ask: Do they fine in Europe for uh, like racism, or for throwing uh, flares and stuff like that on the field, or for? They they do now. They 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 starting to you know to uh, to to find clubs and stuff. Obviously, you know that in a, and even players. You know uh, what was it that uh, the thing with Rio Fernandez's uh, brother? A um, couple years back. Uh, I mean, they they started to. I, I, I just be the same though. That that goes back to you know what players say on the field stays on the field, you know. Well, I think uh, flares aren't exactly the same thing as what this is more along the lines of. I think FIFA's getting pressure from either media or from certain organizations, probably like uh, gay activists, who are offended by the chant and want them to recognize it and, and try to put a stop to it. And I think you, you know what overall, it, it, I think it, it, the standard is becoming society is saying that like it's it's now acceptable so and we can't just continually allow this to to go on. Well well, well here's here's the thing, Dan. FIFA has no foot no, no doesn't have a foot to stand on, on this on this issue. Look at the two look at the two countries where the next two World Cups are gonna be at. Qatar and, and Russia, they don't really have a good record on 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 gay issues. I agree. I agree about FIFA's hypocrisy. Um, absolutely. I mean, and and I joked on Twitter, you know, that now with you know FIFA, you know, with the FBI and the U.S. you know investigations cracking into you know FIFA, I joked about FIFA needing you know FIFA execs needing an extra source of income. So you know they're probably just gonna nickel and dime, nickel and dime federations with you know little petty stuff. To, you know, to, to fill the coffers again. Yeah, but the twenty-five thousand dollars fine barely pays for their hotel room. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, they gotta get it from somewhere. You know, <laughs> I just, I just think it's stupid. They don't. I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna go after you know some chance when there's bigger problems like really, you know, like Qatar and in Russia. Like, come on. But yeah, they actually have. Gay anti-gay laws. Exactly. So yeah, I I understand that point, but I mean, and like, and, uh, and FIFA is a hypocrisy aside, though. Do you guys think that this is something that's bound to happen? And and um, are we seeing I mean, the end I'm, of the end of it? The end of the chant being being uh being used at games? No, it's still gonna happen. Yeah, it'll happen. It's still it's still gonna happen. It'll I mean, probably happen louder. 
Can you, you know, clarify the meaning of the word, though? Is it really anti-gay? No, it's not. You know, and it, like you know, for example, I'm worried about you know Hill's you know well-being if he goes to Russia. Him, you know, <laughs> you know. Well, I, I heard about a 2006 story in Germany where he was at a bus station or a train station, and some German dude tried to have his way with him. What else? What else? What else would it mean? <laughs> Never mind, I digress. I digress. Schroeder. Schroeder, Schroeder, that was his name. <laughs> and DS aside, I mean, how are, how are the fans actually using it? What's that? I mean, how are the fans actually using it? I mean, I think they are using it as an anti-gay story. It's, it's done tongue-in-cheek, uh, but it is what it is. I'm not offended by it. I, it's not, I'm not going to pretend and say that I'm not, I haven't been to games and... and and enchanted it out loud. Also, how how do you use the word, Dan? How do how how do I use it? I think um, I think I'm I'm calling uh, the goalkeeper uh, a homosexual in a tongue in cheek kind of way. You only use it to refer to the GK, like never just when you're driving or. Oh, okay. In that watching sense, watching a movie uh, or something. The, yeah, of course. In that sense, like it's kind of like saying. Oh shit, you, you know, or or something similar. I I get that. Like it's it, it could be just something that you spit out when you're when, when something happens. I get that. But, you know, the, the thing about that word specifically in Mexico is that I don't think that it is an anti-gay slur in Mexico. It's, it's I know not. that you know one of the definitions is, but I mean, when I call somebody that word, I, don't, that, I mean that's not my intention. I mean to me, you know, that there's like different levels of cuss words. I won't I won't go through them all right now, but that one to me. Is what is like if I had like the English equivalent of that, it would be an effer. Yeah. You effer. Exactly. And and, and the, I also think that it's just more convenient to say that word as opposed to maricon because you know it, it just rolls better, you know. But it's. But I wouldn't even use that one. I mean, I'd use the I'd use the uh, you know the the. Muerte de almohadas. The wall no. <laughs> it's not that. It's different. It's like. Not, uh... not that one. Not that one. <laughs> The uh, you know Hopa would be the one that I would use if I wanted to call, but I mean I just I mean I, I just you know it's or not a word I'd use anyway, but yes yes, but but I mean that's you know that that that's my thing, and then because I wrote about this last summer when uh when that idiot Bill Archer was just you know was, he was he thought that Mexico was going to get expelled from the World Cup because they were doing the scan. <laughs> Yeah, I remember. You know, he's like, he's like, you know, they, have, they don't have a leg to stand on. And Chris Fieber comes up and says, you know what? It's not that big a deal. Yeah. And and and, and so that's what I did. Is that I that I, that I put up the, uh, I put up the definition of the word from the from the Spanish Academy, and and the fourth definition, the fourth definition was the one that was male was male prostitute. Yeah. And the even fourth the definition of the word. The the. the I guess that's, the point that's like, like a compliment, you know, to be a male prostitute nowadays. And the thing that cracks me up is that all these, especially <laughs> Americans, always, you know, just get, oh my God, how can these people say these awful things in stadiums? How is that any different than like when I go to a Texas OU game, and they're playing Texas fight, and at the end of the Texas fight, the fans say, "Give them hell, give them hell, go horns, go." But at Texas OU yeah. game, they say, "Give them hell, give them hell, OU sucks." OU sucks yeah. what? Yeah. Yeah. So how is that any different? Or it isn't. That actually exactly, exactly. <clears throat> so yeah, no, I get you. I mean, here in Philly, I mean, you know, you know, Philly, Philly, their uh, their fans are. Yes, I mean, I, I mean, think, they, 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 they start the Dallas sucks like three weeks before Dallas, the Cowboys even play. I think at least on um, I I think we are going to see the end of it eventually from the international game. It's only a matter of time. 
I think eventually, because what they, I think what FIFA could do eventually would be uh, stadium bans where they they close it to the public. I mean, right. hit them where, hit them where where it hurts, and it's like that'll hurt everybody. I mean, the, the fans would be, like, would be hurting because they wouldn't be able to go to games, and the FMF would be would be really hurting because they're not going to get all that all, all the all, all the sales and and revenue that comes from from TV and ads. So. I don't, I don't think you really need fans for the TV. You, you don't need people in the stadium to see it on TV. Yeah, but the, 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 they they do add an element of atmosphere. Uh, have you, you watched play, the game? Play some on the background. Yeah, it's not the same. It's it's play, rough. Play the recordings. Now, my my question my question is this: I mean, at, at what point do you stop? I mean, when you're trying to insult somebody, you're you're trying to insult them. You know what I mean? It's like I, I can't think of an insult where you're not trying to mimic or mock or make fun of something or someone's you know appearance or, or and tendencies. I think, and I think one thing that needs to be that that they should at least consider is context. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's it's not, you're not doing it with malice. You just you're doing it. it, it to, I could understand I could understand the stink if they were like coming out rushing out of the stadium with pitchforks, um, running over to, you know, r running over to Santa Monica Boulevard and, and and trying to find randomly pick dudes out. I mean, that's that's not what's going on. I mean, it's 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 a joke. It's it's I mean, everybody's laughing afterwards. It's not. It's really a tongue in cheek kind of thing. And. Man. It's done just to more to more so just to try to try to humiliate the opponent, perhaps. But I mean, it's not. I don't. I, I've never thought it was that big a deal. But obviously, um, obviously, um, there are some that are getting offended by it. We're just gonna have to get creative, and we're gonna have to, you know, create a Cockney type Mexican vernacular, you know, where. Now, can Mexico actually try to? Dispute these these fines and say like who, who like and actually point out those that hypocrisy. Well, well, here, here's the th well, I guess the fine like the fine. It's not like Mexico's laws. I mean, I'm I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. There's not anything overtly um, anti-gay. Whereas where I think that's a valid argument. So like you're gonna point here, point fingers. Just like how about you dangle and say you know, unless you change your laws, we're not gonna actually have the World Cup there. Well, keep and in I have mind, a question. Why didn't they find the U.S.? Because I mean, the football chance happened in the U.S. too. So why didn't the U.S. soccer get fined? Yeah, we we were talking about that. That's that's you know, I, I don't think FIFA wants to piss off the U.S. Uh, soccer federation right now. <laughs> I think the U.S. is the one. The U.S. <laughs> behind this. Yeah. I don't know. I just like I said, I I don't think you know FIFA has a leg to stand on. I think they're just trying to divert you know some of the attention away from. Well, what incidents are they are they grabbing this from? Because I mean, is this just a way to just continually take uh, money from certain federations, knowing that it's going to happen? No, this was from the World Cup uh, qualifying matches. Uh, you know, the one where they played El Salvador. Uh, okay. The one, so I mean, it, that's that's they're using the World Cup qualifiers. So this could be the first of potentially many. Yes, the the first of many. And um, are there some, caps or, or is there like any kind of um, documented uh, mandates on, on as to how fines are handed and how they get how they increment? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I didn't. I haven't really looked into that. 
because um, like I said, I just I just found out about this today, earlier today. Yeah, they just they just made the release today. There was there was uh, they they released the information today. I mean, you know, it's just I mean I I think it's it is a classic reflection of of what's going on. You know, if this it, it, honestly if, if if this is what they're what they're on about, then are they going to start policing England for all the awful chants that they do, or Italy, or Germany? I mean, is is it, is it going to be like if you say cut with you know, are they going to have are they going to put like a swear jar at, at every stadium? So anytime somebody says something, oh, I got to put money in the swear jar. Yeah, it's, it's and just, I think it's you, you made a really good point though with the whole suck. Yeah, I mean, you hear it in high school, and yeah, it it means exactly like go ahead and finish it. Right. Exactly. Well, I mean, uh, one of the things one of the things that they do at MLS matches is uh, they do the you suck asshole. You know, so is that their? Do they do that when the, the goalkeeper kicks? Exactly. That that's okay. what they're trying. Yeah, they do that. So that's pretty lame. It is lame, but you know, that's. I don't I know. Think I, think, a, I think that's a. I personally think that's a greater crime. Lameness is worse than um, than uh, political incorrectness or. Yeah, political incorrectness. Yeah, well, you, I mean, you can thank the social justice warriors like part for that. Uh, I'm usually yeah, one of them. Boy. I'm usually one of them. In this particular case. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, moving on, uh, one of the other uh, stories that came out that's, I guess, getting some people rustled is uh, again the controversy regarding foreign players and naturalized players and their supposed supposed detriment on Mexican talent and and how it's preventing young kids from further developing. Um, I think. We could probably make arguments both ways. Uh, what was interesting today was not yet not today, but uh, Daniel Daniel Ludueña's comments regarding basically speaking on behalf of naturalized and foreign players. Uh, do you guys agree with his comments, Jolie? What do you think? Or did you read his comments? Um, some of the no, I, I didn't. But I've been saying it for a long time. There's too many, too many foreigners and too many. Too many of those too. What he had said though was that one of the reasons is one of the problems is that the um, he's like it's not it's not their fault that the fuerzas básicas aren't doing their job and getting players able to actually contribute. But that but but that's the I mean to me the big issue is the fuerzas I mean it depends on what what team it is. I mean there are some teams that have no fuerzas básicas and it's it's a joke that they even. But but their other team now, I found it telling that you know he's been saying he said this while at Pumas, and you know Pumas has historically been a, been been a team where their fuerzas básicas have been incredibly strong, but lately they've been terrible. So to me it was more a pointed comment and and frankly a uh, a comment about uh, the, the 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 state of things at Pumas than anything else. And frankly he was right. <laughs> but you know what, I, I think this also points out to the structure of the league. So with the short tournament, that's what really makes it difficult to But 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 here here's the thing, Juan. You're not fighting relegation you're fighting relegation's a process, you know, that basically six tournaments, three years. So I mean it, it is forgiving where, you know, in theory teams sh- you know should be able to, to risk a little bit more. Not all of them do, 
But my, my, my beef with Lou Duenas is the same beef I had with Alex Aguinaga when he was when he was criticizing the draft late in his career. And I you know, the very first thing you know I thought of was like, Well, Alex, why didn't you criticize the draft when your name actually mattered? You know, he was criticizing the draft as you know, uh, you know, as in, it was an injustice and you know all, all this stuff. When basically, you know, he was out the door. And to me, it, it, to me, I, I get, I get the same feelings that Ludwig is basically, you know, rocking the boat at the at the end of his career. It's like, well, he could have said this, you know, earlier, you know. But I guess, you know, and, and what what really irritated me was the comment that he said, well. Oh, it's just you know these these kids with a car and and, and two and two pesos. They get you know they're they're you know they they are already um what did, what did he say? They're basically already conformistas. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what he said. Yeah, that 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 they lose the hunger to to get better. Well, I'm thinking, look in the mirror, you know, Ladoña. I mean, you're going from Argentina to Tecos. Come on, why do you think he went to Tecos? He went. He went. He went. Have you to, seen the girls went, in Zapopan, man? I would go to Tecos too. No, no, I, I understand. I understand that. But what I'm saying is, it, it's the same thing that Osorio, you know, said about the coaches in Mexico. It's like I, I've been hearing this for over 20 years. Like, oh, these Mexican players and these Mexican coaches, they're just, you know, they have it so easy in Mexico. The, you know, they're, you know, they make all this money. But and it's like, you know, if this is how he feels, though. You can't blame him for not saying anything while. Well, in his prime, while he is taking advantage of of his prime and making the most potential money, I mean, he doesn't he, he doesn't want to risk think, he doesn't want to risk a paycheck. No, of course, and I don't blame him, and I think it's that's well within his right. Any any smart man would do the same, and and now that he's perfectly comfortable with the situation, he could probably mouth off because he's probably been biting his tongue this whole time. I think, I think the way some people present the argument, I I could imagine that some naturalized players find or some foreign players. Find it offensive, like they find it like a knock on them, and it's like don't blame us because your players aren't aren't able to to, to fill these roles. Well, but they're not. But they're not even filling the roles. But what he's saying is that he thinks that, in, in general, he because he said he apologized later because he made the initial statement, and I think he went on uh, picante and he apologized, and he said that what he meant was in general, players. When they do not go abroad, like he, even though he's from Argentina, he goes to Mexico. That's considered abroad, right? Yeah, so but but, abroad, there's, but there's a huge difference best. though in the there's a huge difference, and I'm I'm sorry to interrupt. Arge, Argentina is a league that that I mean they their livelihood is exporting players. Mexico is a league that where Mexico is like the ECL in the sense that they import players. And also, also John, while you're at it, what they get paid. They they get paid like if they go to Mexico they get about three times as much. No, actually more. Three times three times more was back in La Volpe's days. But don't you have to prove yourself? Like say say he comes to Mexico from Argentina, he has to prove himself to to increase his his your agent your agents and your promoters basically do that. Yeah, but if you're gonna continue in the league and continue to make money, you gotta you gotta perform. Say you're a Mexican player and you. You get a starting role and you're good to go. You make some money. You could pretty much cruise, right? What's no. what's your what's your pressure to continue to do good, to continue to you know dominate and improve, and then maybe even be offered to go to Europe or someplace? Not to say well, you have to accept it, but you know, 
even if you make it two, three years, you're not set for life. You, you need you need a basically a career. You need a career in the, in the, uh, uh, you know ten plus years to to kind of be set for life. You know with the salaries you know in Mexico. So, so think, like, so you think these or, guys say uh, Eduardo from Chivas, well, who left Chivas? Do you think he's like under pressure to continue to do good? They're they're all under pressure. I mean, the, the the career of a football player is, I mean, of a soccer player is very short to begin with. I mean, the guys that really can make it and, and be set for life are the the ones that are on the national team. Back in '99, back in '99, uh, Jornada had an article. A uh, national team player, for the most part, was making about one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars, one hundred and hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars a month, a little over a million. That was basically almost twenty years, you know, almost twenty years ago. Now, now with the market being what it is in the United States and in the and the, the, the sponsors and this and that, I mean, these guys are making serious money. Do you guys think though that that the league or the teams were better before there was such a influx of foreign players? Do you but think that's the, the thing, though, that Dan, is that we don't we don't know the league any other way. Well, I mean, well, as long as I've been alive, the league has had an influx of foreign players. It's just it's just the way it's been. So that's but, what I'm saying. But, like, so, but, 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 but here's the thing. And say that's the reason these players aren't aren't developing. Well, well, here's the. They had the decree, John. Remember, they had the decree where they had only four, you know, four foreign players, on at, at any given time, in Mexico City, and they had it since from the 1940s up until what, a couple of years back. Now, so the, the clubs weren't going to spend, you know, like America wasn't going to get nine, ten. You know, foreign players or Cruz Azul wasn't going to do that because they knew they knew that they could only pay four in Mexico City. Now, my my thing is, my my thing is that one of the things, I'll, you know, I'm um I'll, I'll I'll put it to you this way: in ninety in ninety six in ninety six when the long season ended, and then we went into the short seasons. You know, there was basically it took one year, one year, for the same goal output that you had in the in the last long season, like from like ninety five to ninety six. You guys, you remember? I mean, Dan, you remember the long season or, or not really? Oh, that's, that's prior. To, that's prior to me uh, paying attention. Yeah. Okay. Well, what what I'm point what I'm pointing is that I don't think it was so much the foreigners. I think it was just that the teams had a little bit more continuity. You know whether whether they were Mexican or they were not Mexican. You know, or the the team had a bunch of foreigners. Like you know, for example, the the, the Super Chivas teams of '97 and stuff like that. Those were good. You know, those were good teams, and obviously they're all Mexican. I just personally don't think that the situation is that dire. I mean, I don't. I, I like, I, I, a lot of people like to point at like the 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 goleadores, and they point at that it's mostly taken up by 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 um, by foreign players. And you know, well. Keep in That's mind, you know, the best players aren't playing in Mexico. The best Mexicans aren't playing in Mexico anymore. The best ones, I mean, I'd yeah. like to believe that if there was a Polito who didn't goof uh, his situation up, if Chicharito was still at Chivas. But, if, but Dan, that number is low, given given how many Mexicans there are. But I think it, that's just the way it's been. I mean, I, but I we could have more. We could have 60 players in Europe. But I, I think there would be more. Have you noticed that some of these guys they, they you see them and they're pretty much ready like you could tell that that like Tecatito I don't think there's he was uh, like pretty obvious I don't see anybody obviously like when you put him out there otherwise 
I mean, some of the arguments that we're hearing from Chivas is that they're being thrown out there before they're ready. I'm like, well, when are they going to be ready? Well, see, but that's, see, that's the, other, the other point I wanted to make is the fact that if Luzuena had made these comments maybe, you know, 15, 10, 15 years ago, I might have agreed with him that, that maybe he was getting a little more comfortable. But the Mexican player, at least the young players, they've changed. You know, they don't want to, you know, in, in, in their mind, if they just, you know, settle and play or, 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 or settle for a big contract in Mexico, you know, they say, well, why would I want to go to Europe if I've got this big, fat contract in Mexico? Those days are over. I mean, the, the Mexican so, you know, the fact that this stuff is you know, more on TV and it's more globalized, they want to go play in the champions. They want think, to go oh, play for the Europeans. That's really true. Yeah. But here, here, here's one thing, and I said this, you know, you know, long time ago. In fact, some of you guys may remember this from Big Soccer. When, you know, like when, uh, in, after 2006, you know, when, like, you know, Pavel Pardo and Osorio, they went off to Stuttgart, and then they, you know, they won the champ they, won, they were champions. In fact, like that very first season, you had uh, Osorio... You had, you had Osorio, basically what we uh, Chicharito, you had Osorio, you had uh, Pavel Pardo, and you had Amasa Rodriguez. They were all champions in, in Europe, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, the, 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 the media in Mexico was writing high about, oh, our champions are champions and stuff like that. And, like, to me, I, I said that I didn't need I didn't need for these Mexican players to go uh, excel in Europe to justify that they were good, I knew that they were good before they ever went to Europe. I, I'm still in I'm still in that small minority that believes that Mexico doesn't need Europe. Mexico has everything everything that they need to succeed in Mexico. They have the infrastructure, they have the coaching, they have the you know the facilities, they have the will, they have the fans, they have the money. Well, see, and then that's the other big difference between the Mexican league and just about every other league in this continent, except for maybe Brazil, is that, you know, the, the, the team, you know, for the majority of the teams, the, the, the team owners are filthy rich. Yeah. They have a ton of money. So, yeah. yeah, they want to go out and get the best players they can, whether it's it's foreign or domestic in most cases, you know, you know, lately or, you know, lately for the past however many years it's been foreign. And that's why Mexico's an imported league. So for them, they never really had to have the need to develop the younger players because they're like, well, why, why am I going to waste, you know, invest so much money in a guy that may or may not make it when I can go out and get this guy that I know is made and ready to go? And I mean, I can kind of understand that. I get that. But but did, did but did you need did you need a, a Salcido? Did you need a Massa? Did you need a Pablo Pardo to go to Europe and succeed to basically, you know, to say, okay, yeah, the Mexican player is good, or did you already know beforehand? Me personally? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I knew uh, back in 86. I mean, that to me was the, the, the bell cow for me. Yeah, I mean... Well, those those players are sort of in the middle. You need a standout player like Chicharito or... Well, see, that's the thing, though. Is, is, it, is it your really good play, like the really, really good players? Like, I mean, Tecatito to me, if he plays one more year in Porto, I'd be shocked. I mean, okay. he, he has... He's gonna to go to a massive team somewhere at the end of the year. There's, I mean, there's no. And if he has a good Olympics, then forget about it. Yeah, you know, he'll go. I mean, but, but but those guys. But the thing is, is that he's not gonna go. And you know, may, oh, maybe he'll compete. No, he's gonna go and start and do well and succeed. Now, and, there's, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Now, and, and I think that's great. 
And one thing I got to add on to, Ronnie, is one of the points that you're making about the Mexican League, while I, all those points were valid, one thing that you failed to mention, though, is, is the level isn't quite as high as, as you would see in some of the leagues in Europe. Now, but here's my point. Whether or not that exposure to that level, to that higher level, and the speed, because I think one of the things that, that I have noticed is that some, the league is just a, a tad slower and that some players do struggle with that. Um, I don't... I, I think it is a valid point that that the lead, that's the level of play in Europe, in some parts of Europe, not everywhere, but some parts, is just a little bit higher than Mexico. And why not have them? Maybe that challenge, that, that extra bit of challenge, could increase that potential or, or allow that potential to, to to be reached a little bit more. It, it, how many times are you going to face Barcelona, Real Madrid, uh, uh, Bilbao, uh, Atletico? Well, I think, if you're playing, I think if What's you're that? playing in a Champions Maybe League... Eight. Exactly. And the, re the, the rest, the, and then the rest, you're, you're fighting teams that are basically, you know, they're, they're just struggling. In the, in the round of 16, you're yeah, going to... But, but that's the thing, Ronnie, is, is that in those 10 games, I mean, those 10 games are worth 40 of what the other ones are worth. You know? And, and that's I, the reality. And, you know, like I said, I mean... I, the guys that you know, they, they can simulate that that level of of of, of competitiveness in in the Liga MX because, as you said, John, all the owners are filthy rich. You know, and that's also one of the reasons why we're seeing all these foreign players and naturalized players and stuff like that is because there's no. You know, if if anything, I think what I, I think what the, what they should be doing is not bringing in more, but bringing in even higher priced, better players. Like try to bring in more Iñaks. Yes, yes, absolutely. I think you that's know, what the, the goal should be. Is, is like you know what? Because I think what happened is that I think initially some teams were were scouting South America and started getting maybe the the the, the second best, or, or or just not quite the the cream from 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 the continent. And what happened is that I think every other team in Mexico basically did the same exact thing. So now and everyone's basically paying just about the same. So there's there all the teams are pretty pretty level. Unless they really start opening up the paycheck to get some real difference makers, I think, I think that's the way to go in order to. It'll, I think it'll make it a more of a top-heavy type of league. But I'm okay with that. Difference you know, makers like Paca uh, uh, or Drogba or those kinds of guys. <laughs> well, see, but uh, you know, another reason why I think people get, uh, think that the Mexican you know, that, that 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 gives the Mexican league a bad rap is that is that the, the Mexican media, particularly. Oh, you know, yeah. how many times do they call it mediocre esta liga que no sirve? It's like, yeah, you yeah. guys even watch the game? The games are entertaining as hell. They're entertaining they as hell. They shoot themselves, they shoot, and I've said this for years, they shoot themselves in the foot. I mean, if, if the Mexican media, if they were smart and they knew how, to, I mean, if they, just look how they, in the U.S., look how, look how they, they treat Little League World Series, you know? And the, I mean, and, and like the sh how they show. Does it really behoove the, the 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 media, the Mexican media that covers the um, Mexico? Does it really behoove them to to have the team become more of a to, to, for um, for it becoming more global and more accepted as as a good league? I don't think it, it serves them because it'll it'll ruin their whole narrative. No, it, it actually. It, it, of course, you're absolutely right. I mean, my biggest joke that I've that I've, that I've said for years is. I mean, it's like, you know, what would happen to, 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 like, the Jose Ramon to the world if Mexico actually won the World Cup? 
what could they talk about? Yeah, it, it would literally be like the worst thing possible. It kind of reminds me of uh, when, uh, with Jon Stewart on The Daily Show when Obama had one, like, it was like, what happens now? It's like, yeah, like, he was like looking around, like, like now what do I do? Because like the whole time he's been making his whole uh, career on, on bashing Bush, and I just thought it was kind of, it was something similar. It's like, well, now do we, now, now what do we do? What's the joke right? about, you know, the, you know the joke about three of the, the Mexican generals that are sitting around staying away to, to improve the country, and the one was like, well, you know, maybe what we need to do is invade the United States. And he goes, what the hell are you talking about? That's crazy. Because, well, I mean, look at it. Japan declared war in the United States. They, they attacked them Pearl Harbor. The United States dropped a bomb on them, and then three weeks later, they dropped aid, and now Japan's one of the strong economies. The other guys, you know what? Germany's kind of the same way. You know, they declared war in World War II, blah, blah, blah. They, you know, they, they, they destroyed Germany, and now, you know, you know they, they helped them out a few weeks later with a Marshall Plan, and, uh, and now Germany, again, is an economic power. They've been able to rebuild. So the third Germany says, well, that's fantastic. Let's do it. Let's invade the United States. And the fourth says, oh, wait a second. What if we win? <laughs> you mentioned Germany, and, and and we're talking about like it just brought up. It reminded me of what I heard about um, Schroeder, Mein, mein Kampf being uh, sold out in, in like in its first week. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, ouch! I don't know. I, I know it's only soccer, not really related. Uh, but I was just like, it made me think of that. No, but, yeah, but, but Liga MX does a terrible job of marketing itself. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the the media that follow it are just as bad. I mean, you watch like you know any any of those shows like Picante or and that guy Andre Marin on that show Ultima Palabra, and they are just the most cynical. It's like it's like can 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 they be more cynical? Because it is just they're like oh we've seen this before and blah blah blah. It's like can't you just accept the fact that the league is you know, on, on a scale of 1 to 10 is, is between about a 6 and an 8. Sometimes can be a 9 depending on, on uh, you know, on, on some of the games. Now, granted, I, you know, it's, it's – but they think that you – know, the problem is, is that they think that the European League are Real Madrid versus Barcelona every week. I know. I honestly – Because those me, are the I, only games they watch. I give it a 9, dude. I give it a 9. And and I've always been in the minority. I've always – it's not that I protect – it's not like I defend or protect the, you know, the league owners. But I've, I've always, I've always, you know, commended them because they're doing, you know, great things. And, and uh, I know we joked about this, you know, when the whole FIFA scandal broke out. I mean, there's already been three roundups and not one Mexican uh, league official. It's true, and you it's know, not very often that you have a roundup and there are no Mexicans. Yeah, and, and, and it's funny, and it's funny because today, like for example, you know, you're talking about you know the the press being so cynical. Uh, what's his name, uh, Faitulson? You know, talking, you know, defending La, La Ludueña and saying, you know, you know, he says something about you know we need to end you know this corruption. You know, and I'm like, what corruption is he talking about? You know. With Ludueña, because you know they were talking about like you know the force, you know the, the youth team, they're not investing in the youth team, so obviously, by to some this you know you know putting I don't know how he got this to you know to this I don't know how he deduced this, but he right. basically you know under the assumption that's that just laziness. I mean, I mean that to me is a reporter who's been saying the same thing for so long that he hasn't bothered to pay attention to what's going on. I mean, Mexico, I mean it's pretty obvious to me that their youth system is actually doing pretty well considering how well they've done in the world. In the youth world cups over the past, oh, I don't know, ten years. Yeah. You know, 
Now, that was granted, point. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and and, and the other thing is, okay, so not at, you know, it's it's like college football recruiting. You're not going to hit on every 17 year old. It's it's just not going to happen. Yeah. What you need are more 17 year olds to, to to see if you can figure it out. Now that's something where I think Mexico can improve, and I've always thought the best way to do that for them is is to create some sort of like a like a countrywide, you know, public public school high school championship in soccer. Yeah, which which they don't have, but imagine imagine how great and then like every state could have their own, now not private schools because those guys it's you know forget it, but for public yeah. school I think it would be it would be fantastic. <clears throat> and that's and that's and that was a point that I was trying to make with you know with you know with the little league, it's like you know one of the reasons why I'm, you know the the the, the Copa Mexis hasn't really been been done at least the right way is because. They have never. The Mexican press has always painted, you know, the second division and the third division. You know, they refer to it as, you know, La Liga del Infierno, like you know, the league of hell. It's like, really? I mean, they, you know, I'm not asking them to be cheerleaders, but you know, they should be able to at least promote the game. I mean, part of the reason. I mean, that's also part of their job. I honestly don't yeah. think that's what they're in it for, though. I I I would agree that the that the the federation needs to do a better job of marketing itself because I do definitely think they shoot themselves in the foot. But the media is never going to make as much money or get as many hits on their websites um, when things are going uh, hunky dory. They they the the, the I, team I, is what what gets the clicks going. I but honestly, you know, they they've never tried. They've never but, tried. But I'm you not... know why? You know why? I because the fans—they're just—we're not—we're not that. Um, we don't really follow the teams that much. You are know, you? Are, 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 uh, Danny, are you saying that basically that the Mexican fan—they haven't evolved from clicking sounds and dolphin noises? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Dude. I, I would no, say. No, I would but, say the the the, the, no. the basic. Typical. No one talked yeah. about Tijuana until they went to first. And they went they went through all this rebranding for years. Yeah. So it's it's I think as fans we're just not that we're not that passionate about our home teams. Well that 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 can change. And that has changed. Because keep in mind. No, I agree. Mind, I agree. It can change. Keep, no, keep in mind. Keep in mind. You know the big, the big, the big four. You know, America, Chivas, Pumas, Cruz Azul. They were the big four for forty plus years because they were consistent. You know. But one of the what, things what we, that you, what one of the things that you've seen, Santos, Santos really has only been around since '88, but you can tell that they're a serious um, organization. Pachuca, Pachuca, there's a they're a serious organization. You know, obviously the two Monterrey teams, they're a serious organization. You know, so I mean these, their fans, they're starting to realize, you know, they're okay. These guys are gonna, you know, they they mean business. They're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna do a salaya and you know, be here one day and then just crap out on us the next. I mean, and obviously that was one of the things that gave you know the Mexican league a bad name for many many years is because. You'd have like you know the, the like the owners from remember the Colibris. And well, yeah, it was also a very centralized league. Exactly, it, it it really was. I mean, I I like the fact that that you had you know that you have teams in in Tijuana and you have them in in, in what is it Chiapas. Well, not, in Chiapas and stuff like that. It's it, it you know 
Yeah, because when I was a kid, it was like seven Mexico City teams, four or five Guadalajara teams, and Veracruz, and yeah. that was about it. I mean, there wasn't anything else. Yeah, I mean, what we've had, we've had what was it? Uh, Ciudad Juarez was in the first division not too long ago. Um, so, like you said, you know, like Holy said, I mean, it it was very centralized. Now it's very decentralized, which to me that's just you know that's great. I mean, there was a, there was a there was a point where I mean, there was like what a, 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 what a three four years in where the northern teams were just dominating. So you are, know, San, are, you, are you liking uh, Juan Carlos Osorio now since he made that comment with the naturalized players saying that Mexico needs to do something, regulate something? That's pretty I much. Mean, fine. I honestly, nothing, I personally nothing, nothing is going to convince me of Osorio until he wins Copa Centenario. <laughs> okay, that's he has to win that. I, I personally though, I don't think anything really needs to be changed with the situation right now. Currently, like as, as we mentioned, the level of play is pretty good. We have a, a, a good league to watch. Yeah, I don't think it's necessary to have seventy players playing in Europe, like Argentina. I don't think you need that amount of players playing in foreign leagues to become a a, a World Cup winner. I mean, I think really what you need is a little bit of depth in each position and be really good in those positions and that's enough. What you need um, to, to be a World Cup winner and it's, I mean you could just go down the list of all the World Cup winners for the past however many years for our, our tournament. Good Lord. Is someone but, watching uh, something? <laughs> hey, what channel? What channel do I need to change it to? Anyway, oh. you have to have a, a, a really good base of players on one team that you can just pick up and put into the national team. And the problem and the problem with Mexico and then Mexico except for one team is that the vast majority of like the of, of, of the of the the columna vertebral of, of a team are not Mexican. They're foreigners. So until until that changes and until there's a team that can that you know that can line up a goalie and the two centrales and the two you know, the, the pretty much the entire midfield, and then maybe a forward or two from one team. Then I think that that, that that's what Mexico really has a chance. To, and then if they're really good and they're just dominating the league and they win, you know, two or three titles that it's you know whatever it is over a, a period of time, then I think we have a really good chance. But until that day happens, it, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a crapshoot just like everybody else. I mean, Mexico. there's a reason why Spain did so well. Yeah, for, I know. Uh, well, that that was true for Spain. Not really so true for for Italy. Not so true for uh, well, I Definitely guess that's true for Germany. Yeah, you could say that was for Germany. Um, now, definitely true things, for Italy too. But one of the things one of the things about you know those three all the three champions there is that most of the players played domestically. Yeah, and they all and most, most of them played on one team. And most and most of them most of them I mean they don't. You know, and that's what I said all along is that, you know, a German player doesn't have to go to doesn't they don't he doesn't have to go to England to play in the EPL. He if he if he does so, it's not because oh he wants to be on a better team. No, it's just a change of scenery because they can make a living. And that and that's one of the things that like you know I'm tired of always hearing like you know like the Ludueños and the Osorios and the Aguinagas and all those type you know those type of players where they are just criticizing criticizing players. 
you know, calling, you know, Mexican players and Mexican coaches complacent because they don't want to leave. And it's like, no. You they yeah. they're, they're they're in the league because that's where they can make good money. I mean, you came to Mexico for the same reason. True. You know? And a Mexican can't go to Uruguay or no. Argentina and make good money. So. <laughs> so no. Why? As as much as much as, you know, maybe, you know, twenty years ago it would have been nice to have a or you know, playing in Boca or a River, you know, like, you know, what's the name Aspe and, and, and Matador. I mean, would I would any of you really watch River Plate if 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 uh Pulido would go over there? I mean I'd probably watch I'd probably watch the Copa Libertadores, but No, I, mean, I would watch. I'll be I will be honest. I maybe it's because I'm, you know, in my you know, about to re, you know, I'm thirty eight, but I don't I don't follow players you know, like if X player goes to you know X team, it's like I'm not a fanboy. You know, I, I like my league. You know, I, I love my I love my. Club. I think it's just. Um, no, you got you fanboys. Like no, well, yeah, you do, but I, I think most. I don't think that's everybody who's watching players that are playing abroad. I think we're just interested in in watching our guys play and 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 just seeing their progress and hoping that it, it leads them dude, into. That whole come on, dude. That whole it's a, the, what, that it's whole a trend, that whole. Though. That whole hashtag, is a that hashtag Triodo Bell crap, come on, dude. They're, yeah. they're, I mean, that's for 10-year-olds, dude, not for And they're for, And they're selling, jersey, they're selling jerseys like crazy. The Chicharito jerseys probably. My, my whole point, though, is that I like to watch. I like waking up in the morning and watching Chicharito uh, playing. I like yeah. watching, uh, turning it on, and then, and he's playing um, playing in Germany. And I yeah, like, and, and the minute he and, goes and, off, and, uh, you turn the game off because you don't give a shit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. My point. The same thing. So what's what's wrong with that though? I'm having what's a good time. I'm still gonna watch different. my video next later. I mean, hey man, at good. least when I watch that stuff, I don't have to watch those awful DIY shows that my wife no, likes to watch. No, I do think it's it's a little bit kind of lame to 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 suddenly adopt the team. You know, I mean, but you that's, know, that's, you know, Tom Marshall. That is Wilbur esque. Okay, Tom Marshall asked me once when I was, we were in San Antonio before the uh, the U.S. game last year. He asked me, "said who's who's what team do you follow in Europe?" I was like, "I don't I don't follow a team. I have a team. It's Pumas. Why would I why would I have another team? I just I don't you know when I was a kid I liked West Ham United, but I, I I have a team. I don't I don't I mean I'll follow players, but I'm not you know I'm not like religiously gonna you know buy jerseys and this and that. I mean I have my I I pick. My team picked me when I was six years old. It happened. I'm done. I'm not picking any other team. We're the last of those, John. It's it's. We're a dying breed. I know. I guess so. I work. I I volunteered at a. It was a after school program, and. Uh, are they? Uh, do they like? Do, I thought you weren't allowed to go to any anywhere near school. No, that's, that's Beto. That's, no, that's Beto. Beto. That's Beto. That's Beto because oh, okay. he he was making requests. They, they confiscate your uh, <laughs> your camera phone. No, no. So hey, that, so hey, Beto, Beto. He knows Joel how to embed it in his clothing so that you don't see actually see it. <laughs> Beto, Joel was telling me that you know, when you were in over there in the Querétaro and you were filming those kids play, that you were asking them to be you know shirts and skins. <laughs> Is that true? Negatory. <laughs> 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 Right, so, Sorry about that. Sorry about that. So th this is like inner city and uh, mostly Mexican kids, and uh, so they run up to me and they they asking me, "Where was my team?" 
Barcelona Real Madrid, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> First time I heard that, you know, like. So I, for I Mexicans, for Mexicans, it's like yeah, like, like did you ask them? It's like, are well, you that's because they were they were ashamed. They were ashamed to, to tell you the truth that they were Chivas fans. They're like, nah, they. It, it's <laughs> like when someone is dying, you. It's it's like here the three days of Norte song again. It's like a, he's like you're not gonna go for the Chivas. He's like no way, no. Dad. Uh uh-uh. uh, what are you talking about? No, but it, <laughs> it, this goes back to what you guys were talking about the marketing and presentation. And so these are little kids that are growing up seeing the sport way different, you know, through social media now, through Twitter, through like Instagram and and uh, Snapchat. So you know. Those teams and, and like players like that and, have like a big presence. And Tinder. Wrong, wrong social media. So it's like all the goals. Like if you see a goal, if a goal happens in Barcelona versus Real Sociedad or whatever, you're gonna see the 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 clip of the goal instantly on Twitter. Uh, Pulido's and Bain, goal. And Bain as well. Yeah, Pulido's goal. He scored a goal and made an assist. And I he didn't did. See it. I was looking for it. I couldn't find it. <laughs> Olympia. Yeah. Who knows who Olympiacos is? But but does you know it goes back to to what you guys are talking about the presentation of the league yeah. and just how how they're they just kind of don't care even if you see how when Mexico rebranded and they went from uh, Liga Primera or Primera División yeah there you go to uh, Liga MX even that logo looks pretty bad it, it's it looks pretty crappy I, I I don't think it's that bad but right off the bat you know it's like loud. You know, for ex- like one of the, right off the bat, they they refer to it like La Liga Muyekis. Like, <laughs> like, hey, come on, man. And if you go to their website, it's it's pretty bad. It's, oh, their website is horrific. It looks, it looks like it's on Geocities. Just <laughs> Yeah, I mean the website was like it was like it's like, I mean, do I have to use Netscape to work to make that website work? I mean, it is just awful. It used to be worse though. Like five. I know. Years ago, I know. That thing was horrific. I mean. They, they should have, I mean, if you go to like any other, they should have highlights. They should have an English language version. I mean, they just, there are so many opportunities that they're just totally missing out on. It's just like, it, it makes me sad. I mean, that's why I, 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 I part of that thought is like, who can we talk to to, to to make an English language version of that? Because if they're not going to do it, you know, let me do it. I'll do it for y'all. You know, yeah. me, I'll, I'll be happy to do it. I and think you need to create a beta version and send them what you're talking about, and just like send it to them, force force the hand. Because there are so many gringos that I talk to around here that when they find, like I said, I, I told the buddy I was working with like, with a guy tonight. He's like, man, I said, I'm, I said I hope I can get out of here in time tonight because I got a, you know, I'm on a podcast tonight. He goes, really, what are you talking about? I said, we we do a Mexican soccer podcast. He goes, I love Mexican soccer. He says it's so entertaining. He says I, I, I love watching. He says the games are so great. I'm just thinking, man. That is who Liga Mekis should go after. Yeah. And they the U.S. does a real good job. They'll even do like behind-the-scenes uh, videos or, or vines or just clips of in the locker room or coming out of the out to the stadium and stuff like that. And well, you know what? You can be improved as well. The, the interesting thing is that it's you know the viewership for Liga MX game is at an all-time high, but I mean it. Ultimately, that could change, you know, if if you know if you see like immigration patterns, and so that that might change maybe five, ten years from now. So it will be now where they will have to do things to 
to get the new fan base. Well, I will say this. I will give full credit to Univision for, uh, for, for, for their sports. Their sports channel is off the channel. I watch that channel. That's the channel I watch the most. Yeah, that's a we great were actually, channel. They do we a actually, really, really good job. Yeah, Dan and, and we were talking about that before the show that uh, we were kind of uh, – we were talking about uh, Univision Deportes. How they yeah. really, the, how they've really, you know. I uh, think they've surpassed Football Picante, the football clue they have right there. Um, they're in, they're just in depth, you know, is. with pre-game, pre-game, post-game. You the know, production all that. is is really really good. Well, yeah, what I what I like about it is is that they don't have the uh, they don't have the I don't want to say graft, but they don't have the they don't have that 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 that, that cynical edge. Yeah, that the yeah. shows in Mexico have. Yeah, they just they, they you know there'll be times where you know you know it is what it is, but 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 they care more about the actual you know what happens on the field, and 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 how it, and how it you know plays develop or whatever it is more than anything. And I think that that's that's fantastic. I think that that's and, how Picante used to be before the Azteca guys took it over. And even and even their debates when like you know when 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 they're you know debating each other, you know sometimes they go at it you know pretty hard, but. It's they're not like you said they're not being cynical they're not being um like uh, what's his name there's Rodolfo Landeros but there's the no there's the uh, no Alejandro Berry Alejandro that, Alejandro you know yeah, was, I was gonna uh, say, he's he's gotten better he, he tends to be a little bit spazzy um it's yeah. the other guy Edgar Martinez who I tend to have issues with that guy that, that's it was Oof. like. During the Gold Cup, during the Gold Cup, you know, Landeros was trying to being a little bit more melodramatic with, you know, with Mexico's performances, and Betty was like, "Dude, just you know, calm down, calm down," you know. But you know, Landeros was trying to make a, a mountain out of a molehill. But well, but, well, the guy but, that was but, awful was Edgar Martinez during the uh, Panama game. He's like, "How can Andres Guardado take this title? He needs yeah. to just kick it out." Like, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they've had their. I mean, they do have their moments, but like I said, it, it's nowhere. It's not. It's not like what you and I were used to watch or you know, watching Mexico, you know, fifteen, twenty years ago. Ronnie, it doesn't bother you that Univision, being your favorite uh, of the networks, is like the SJWs of of Mexican soccer. The, the what? They're like the SJW. Oh, the Social Justice Warriors. Yeah, you know they're they're you know they're they're you know Edgar Martinez right there is trying to call for you know the, the greater good, do the right thing type of thing, to higher moral ground. No, I I think that was Faitos was trying to do that as well. Oh, you know, did he really? I, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. Listen. So it's no. No, Guardado did. Guardado did what he was supposed to. You know, oh, it's not. It's not like. It's not like you know. At that particular instance, it's not like the Mexican players were looking for it. I mean, it's one thing. I mean, they were faking it, but they didn't know. They were just in the moment playing. All right. No, so, so Guardado did it right. Moving along, um, I guess talking about the Liga MX, week one just finished. I'd like to start talking in, uh, about the Chivas tie. Um, I thought it was going to be like a really good story of how. Um, Help me out with his name, the the substitute who kind of took took over, basically took control of the game. Yeah, uh, he was really fun to watch. He, he was, um, I mean, he he looked like a like a, a lighter version of a of, of Tecatito. I thought just the way he just kept uh, going at his defender and getting past every multiple players. Um, 
I'm not sure he actually got credit for the goal. I think it was an own goal, but still, it was really his goal. Um, unfortunate that the team wasn't able to to hold on with the league. Uh, what do you think? Is this just like a bad sign for what the season's going to be, or is this just like a missed opportunity when you think it's something that the team's going to be able to build on? Jolie? I don't, you know what? I, I didn't see the game. Oh, my gosh. You missed a really oh. good game, man. I know. I missed it. I missed it. But I, I think what hasn't really been talked about is that uh, Almeida hasn't been able to win at home. His last, his last win was in September. And it's just been two ties and two losses, and it's. I think uh, the schedule is pretty difficult, and it might, it might catch up to him if you see Chivas' opponents. They have to travel away to Cruz Azul, and then they face Morelia, and uh, I think their home game against Tigres, huh? Morelia is a six-pointer. Yeah, and, and then, I mean, to face Tigres at home, and you're already, like, at a four-game winless streak. Yeah, I think Almeida's going to have a difficult start of the season. Uh, well, will here, be... here's my issue with Chivas. I thought they looked really good. They said that the place was sold out. I didn't. I mean, it looked like it was half sold out. There was, you know, major gaps in the thing. But Vergara, what he needs to do is he needs to make Chivas have a real home-field advantage. They don't have a home-field advantage. The stadium, the atmosphere is sterile. Nothing happens. They need, they have to win at home. I mean, it's like, this is it for them. They have to, you know, as, as they say, they have to throw out the carne and the alcador. They have to do it. So lower your ticket prices, dude. You know, you know, set up a contract with, or, or, or set up a deal with the, with the city to bus people to the game so they don't have to sit in traffic. Do whatever it takes to get people in, in, the, in the stands there so that when the Chivas players come out, you know, they get the energy, and the other team is like, "Oh my God, this you know, you know, this place can be really intimidating when it's full." And then go out and win the game. Because, you know what I mean, it is, John. Uh, but I think Vergara has a lot of the hardcore fans. I think they've they've been fed up already. Well, that's why he needs he needs to reach out to them. And say, hey, man, I need I need you guys. You know, I'm sorry for all this crap, but we need you. Let's let's get. Yeah. He needs to, to position like, "Hey, let's get through this together." And, and they, here's what I'm going to do for you. They were doing that campaign. They were doing the hashtag Juntos Contra, contra Todos. And uh, I forgot. They, they have a new one now. Would it be possible for them to, on certain occasions or like at a certain point, just open the gates? I mean, wouldn't that be better than than just continually having an empty stadium or half-empty stadium? like uh, Or just... At least on certain like occasions to to, to draw in a bigger crowd and uh, to just, maybe create some goodwill. They just need to win. They just need to win. They need to set up an atmosphere to help them win. I mean, that's, I mean, I watch Chivas games when they're when they're playing at home, and I, and I know that in the sun, like it looks different in the sun than what they're sitting on the on, you know on the side. But the stadium is totally empty. I mean, and it's embarrassing. It's like it's like you, you know, this is the proudest team in Mexico. And you can barely, I mean, you can barely fill out your stadium half filled, and you're in the middle of a of a of a defensive battle, and no one, no one, no one is coming to your, no one is coming to your defense. Nobody. Yeah, no one seems to care. It's like you know, this potentially like one of the last opportunities you might be able to see your team playing in first division. Maybe yeah. you want to, maybe you want to check them out before they move to Cancun, man. The better, the better, they better go out and watch them play. Come the so, Aguachivas. 
Yeah, we talked about that on the last uh, podcast after you. Oh yeah. After you <laughs> off. I'm so embarrassed, man. I I, I was I was setting up because I I just got home and I was setting up and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna sit back for a minute. And I totally fell asleep. I'm so I woke up like two hours later. Oh, what happened? And I was yeah, it was it was bad. No, it's all but, good. Uh, one of the other I guess um, noteworthy uh, games was um Tigres were um, last minute kind of lost for for Tigres. Um, I didn't think it was that much different from the from the Liguilla how those games kind of panned out. I think uh, there wasn't too much in, in in. I mean, I guess the big difference was the the result. Did you guys uh, did anybody catch that game and were you guys surprised by the result? Yeah, it seems I like was uh, a, a little. Not that surprised. I didn't get to watch it because I was in the middle of doing a, a basketball game. I was in Dayton, Ohio. But uh, the, the result didn't surprise me all that much. I think it's going to take Tigres about a month to kind of get over the hangover of winning. And uh, but, the, but they'll be fine. I, I think that Tigres, I mean, my personal opinion, I think that they're going to really focus and concentrate on the Champions League. And then if anything happens at the end of the season in, in, the, in the local league, it'll be a bonus for them. But I think I think the Champions League is where they're gonna. That's where they're gonna spend their energy to, to try and get. Also, I guess with the disappointing result, America uh, with a zero-zero tie. Ronnie, uh, what happened with your team? Puebla, man. Puebla got them. <laughs> Camote happened. Camote happened. Camote. No. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I'm I'm a little actually worried. I am. Um, I don't. I think Peralta might be done, dude. Yeah, um, I think I, I saw, think, I, I saw uh, Quintero Darwin who who was game, uh-huh. uh, who's trying, but um, I don't think a lot, a lot of his efforts just were a lot of his passes were just way off. Um, I, I was especially like disappointed with how Peralta looked. The guy just couldn't get himself involved at all in the game at all, just whatsoever. I, I, you know, they generated a lot of opportunities, but at the same time, it's just like you know how I don't want to. I don't want to sound like an old broken record, and I don't want to say you know say this you know six months from now, a year from now. Oh, but we generate a lot of opportunities. Oh, but we generate a lot of opportunities. Um. I seriously question if, you know, I, I, I seriously question if, if Ambris is going to make it the entire season. Uh, I said that last week. Yeah, I, I really do. I mean, I mean, not playing well at home, you know. Well, they're missing two players too. Some some boys but, playing. But still, I mean, you know, in theory, you know, when you're lining up Puebla in America, America should be able, you know, should be able to win even without Sambo. They only had three shots on goal, as opposed to Puebla six. Uh, what, did at Chepo home. start coaching at them? Home. What's that, Chepo? <laughs> did Chepo start coaching them? Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe. You know, and one of the things that that worries me though is that, in in me going back, you know, ten, fifteen years. One of the things you know that I always kind of knew that you know playing at home for America was always going to be a little difficult. Because teams had a tendency to, to to park the bus, and I always knew that America was always going to do fairly well on the road because 
you know, I knew that the teams were going to open up a little bit more because they're playing, you know, in front of their own home fans. But, you know, like Puebla, to their credit, it's not like they sit, sat back. They they played, you know, America toe-to-toe. And, I, you know, I, there were times in the game where I thought America looked sloppy. Uh, they weren't defending well. Um, I mean, hopefully, I, I hope, you know, like what, you know, Hoyle said, you know, they didn't really do a proper preseason, and I hope that's the case. But, you know, if they don't pick it up, I, I can see, you know, Ambriz getting getting sent. And uh, I think I read on Twitter somewhere today that there's a guy out of Portugal, I think that's... that's uh, Lopetegui? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he from, no, was it from Portugal, or...? He just got sacked. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's, that's what. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what that's what that's what it is. That, I mean, obviously, I think it's a fishing expedition, but but right now, I mean, how many how many coaches are? Yeah, and that always happens, you know. There's always these, you know, coaching, you know, fishing expeditions. You know, they're gonna throw some Paulo. They're gonna throw a bunch of names. Were you gonna say fetishes? No. It sounded like you were going to say fetishes. Okay. You know, you no. know, Mourinho's available. Mourinho's available. <laughs> ah. The special one. The special one's coming. Thank you, but no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, one of the other. Throw um, like five million a year at him. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think? Uh, I think they should go for bigger players as opposed to a bigger manager. A bigger name honestly, manager. I honestly think that they need to do a better. Uh, I mean, their their youth teams have been have been doing well, and I think they need to give their youth just a little bit more of an opportunity. I, I think they just, I mean, El Rifle Andrade, the, you know, Mickey Arroyo, Darwin. I just think these guys have been too inconsistent. Don't they have like like twelve foreigners on that team? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. It's just like. I, I I just I think they're very inconsistent. Conformista, Peralta, man, mm. he's comfortable. <laughs> I don't yeah. think that's what it is. I think he's I think he's turned old. Yeah, that and he is kind of old. Um, he was yeah. a late bloomer. Uh, so I mean, when he started actually playing good, he was already in his late twenties. Yeah, uh, like yeah. Ma- like Matador. And I think exactly. what we're seeing is just his uh his decline. Speaking of old, though. Uh, well, how's that? How's that? Uh, that Sunni guy. He's he's pretty good, isn't he? he he's the big already, tall he's one not, they have. He, he's not with the team anymore. You're kidding? No, they got rid of him. Oh. They, they they loaned him out. Oh. Well, that that's actually pretty smart. If he's not gonna play, then yeah. Meh. You go. Where did he look like Sakatepec or something? No, nah, I don't remember. I don't remember which team he went to, but. Like I said, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I mean, it's not even believe it or not. They loaned out the Cuauhtémoc Blanco. You know. <laughs> so, so you're saying that the Bombero Luna is going to come and coach America for a couple of weeks, sometime uh, in March? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, if they get rid of Tena, or not Tena, if they get rid of Ambris, I, I don't, I don't see who they would hire. You know? Oh, it's gonna—it's gotta—it's gotta be Mourinho, man. You know he's coming. Um, well, well, he turned perfect for turn each other. Perfect for each other. He'll turn him into a defensive powerhouse. Yeah. <laughs> Running will stop watching. 
Well, I'm trying to think who. I mean, who else would would I mean, Ambris or Belais go after? I mean, guys that he played with. What his brother-in-law Belais or no, I'm sorry, Oscar, Alex Aguinaga. Oscar. Alex Aguinaga would be next. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't know who he would. Uh, who they would go after? I mean, I hope it would be someone from the. You know, from the. I'll tell you who I think would be know, a great uh, Liga MX guy. When, when it eventually does happen, when uh, when Pep goes over to Manchester City, is, is somebody needs to snatch up Pellegrini, man. He is a great coach. Juan Manuel. Yeah, I, I know. Was he Argent? Isn't, isn't it um? Isn't it Juan he, who's who's he's uh, Chilean? Famous for it? Chilean. Oh. Yeah. Who's the other? Uh, was it Sampoli? Is he? Didn't he recently also? He's, gonna, he, he's supposed to. He's supposed to resign tomorrow. Although he's probably the. Well, I think I he couldn't get out of his contract. I, I think he backtracked. Oh, did so he? he? Okay. He has like a contract where he, if he leaves, he has to pay like a couple million. <laughs> so he he has his own buyout. <laughs> yeah. Is Bucetich so uh, coaching right now? I was thinking like maybe he would be able to replace. He said uh, Okay. Aguirre's available. Or maybe isn't he in uh, Qatar? Well, what about Chabuelo? Isn't Chabuelo, isn't he going to retire from Televisa? <laughs> and the whole thing with Aguirre, so he was um, kicked out for gambling. Chabuelo? Match fixing. <laughs> Max, yeah. Ma match fixing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Man. So that doesn't come with like a, a lifetime ban or anything like that? It, it wasn't proven. Oh, okay. Do you guys think Chabuelo could get the ladies with that voice? <laughs> No, uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't, I don't. Uh, you don't think I'm about Chabuelo? No, I'm thinking about America <laughs> right now. I, I, I don't, I don't think. Uh, Ronnie wants Carrillo back. It, honestly, I, it seems like he can only coach America. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, both times he he coached them, damn, he did super well, but. And he and he sucked everywhere else. What about Bielsa? Bielsa is available. He's coached America before. I I think he's lost the piss and fire in his eyes, dude. Here's a here's you a parent comment. La Volpe to America, take him to the championship. You know, but, <laughs> I mean, I think I, I wouldn't take you know I wouldn't take Bianchi right. or you know I, honestly I wouldn't take Bianchi. I wouldn't take Pellegrini. I wouldn't take. I just see those guys, you know. Towards the end, you know, the, one of the things that I really respect, you know, uh, what's his name, uh, El Tuca. I mean, this guy's, you know, he's been doing this for what t over twenty years. And one of the things I really respect about him is, like, he even says flat out, he goes, ah, "I'm not a, I'm not a manager, I'm a coach." You know, and he says, "No soy director, yo soy un entrenador." And you know, you see him there in in attire and shorts. You know, running with his team, with the players, kicking. You know, playing. You, you can see. Yeah, it was like, "Carajo, are you wakeup?" You know, like that video. I love Duca. I've always loved him. No, what I'm head. what I'm saying is, you still see that. You still see that passion. You still see that 
you know, that grit, that piss and fire. And and I, I just like, you know, for example, I mean, even with La Volpe, or not, yeah, even with La Volpe, La Volpe now is like, you know, if you go to his training matches, sometimes he'll just sit to the side and just drink tea and drink his, you know, his mate or whatever he's drinking. Smoke a and pack. It's, right. and, he, and, and it's like he's not really, yeah, I mean, he used to be in your face. You know, during the training sessions, and and no, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not having a cabecito ahí en el en el barco que den. Yeah, having a cup of coffee, a little table there. Yeah, I, I reading just, the paper. I, mean, I, I look. I don't want to see. I don't want to see Ambris go. I think you know, he he didn't build his team. Well, who coaches the you U20? Know? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's uh, an ex-Americanista, Cecilio de los Santos. He played in the 90s. If I'm not mistaken. Well, speaking of youth teams, Potro Gutierrez will probably be available after the Olympics. True, true. But like I said, I, I, I'd like to see, I mean, I'm pretty, I mean, shit, even for, you know, I mean, even in the, in the semis against Pumas. I mean, when they were not, you know, down 10 guys, I mean, they were still taking it to them. I mean, his team does, like I said, his team does, I'd rather have the problem of not, you know, like, you know, I, I'll ask you guys the question. I mean, would you rather have your team, you know, how, I guess, how could I phrase it? It's, it's like, I'd rather have my team... You know, keep putting themselves in a position to to to, to score, and 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 I do give Ambris that you know that his teams do attack, and they do find a lot of chances. They, um, they, they may not all be goals on you know on target or goals on you know goal, there's what there's goals on target and there's goals on on shot or whatever. I just I think I think his teams do play well, but they have a little problems at the at the third, you know. In the in the last uh, part of the field, and they don't get enough shots on goal. Yeah, shots, shots on, off, but they. Yeah, I, I just and, and I think and I think it's sometimes it's because like you know players like you know Ilmiki and, and Darwin and I think sometimes they're sometimes that they're too selfish. They go for the sometimes, power shots. Sometimes, yeah, exactly. They go for the power shots. I would I look. I, I wouldn't get rid of. I wouldn't get rid of Oribe just yet. If it was up to me, I would get rid of you know that wing. I would keep Benedetto. I I I think he's a good player. Um, I'm not I'm not big on on Rifle Andrade. Um, man, that was a uh, America player years ago that I thought was going to be a superstar. Hmm. El, El More Mosqueda. Man, I thought he was terrific. I remember this one goal that he scored on Calero. Yeah, I mean, he he just made Calero look like he, like a. I mean, he he got he won Rookie of the Year. I know. I and mean, I thought won. he was gonna be the second coming of Cuauhtémoc. I mean, he was that good. Like, man, this I mean, he, be, yes. What happened to him? Did he get hurt? Just he got he got two pesos in his pockets and. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. But hey, that's that's what they said. I mean, in fact, I remember I was at the University of Houston training grounds. And I was watching uh, America play uh, a practice, and I remember speaking to the uh, to the to the equipment manager, and he was telling me, and I was asking him about, you know, like hey, who are the uh, who are the youngins, 
and there was actually a Paco Memo before he even debuted it. You know, he was telling me about Paco Memo. He was telling me about Paco uh, Torres, and he was telling me that you know he was pumping up Torres that he was going to be basically the second coming of Christ. And uh, obviously, he didn't turn out to be the next Guatemo, but you know, he did. Honestly, he's had a pretty long career in the in the in the, uh, in the first division. El Paco Torres, definitely a decent player. Yeah, he is a. He, you know, he's like a El Chato Rodriguez. You know, he didn't pan out to be the the uh, the national team superstar that everybody expected. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, not too many people can say that they they had a you know, ten fifteen year career. Yeah, decade you know? long careers. I mean, that's pretty successful. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, shit, hell, hell, Miguel Cepeda and, and Dani Osorno, they didn't even have that, you know, that 10-year career. So I just wanted to go over some of the other noteworthy results. Um, Atlas with a big win um, over Querétaro. And also León over Santos 2-0. I was hoping um, our new coach would debut with a win. Um, I was able to, I'm not sure if anybody, if you guys caught the interview that he did with uh, Univision. But a uh, real likable guy. Um, he's interesting pick. That's one thing I always appreciate about what Santos does. They seem to kind of go against the grain and kind of do their own thing. Um, not everything pans out the way the way we'd like, but I do like that that they they don't they 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 try to stay away from the retreads of the Liga MX retreads. And but they did start off with a with a two, with an 0-2 loss. Also, um, I guess another another team I'm paying attention to is Cruz Azul with uh, Tomas Boy. I personally don't like him. I'm kind of hoping they lose. But uh, he managed to tie uh, with Morelia. Um, and also the the other noteworthy result is Dorados lost to Chiapas. Um, Fernando's boy, uh, El Bigotón, managed to win Man, against the help of Dorados. Don't say three times in a row because it'll... That's like the like turn. It's happened before, yes. It's like La Llorona. And, you that's know, Pumas hilarious. lost 1-0 to Monterrey, and I watched a bit of that game, and, uh, again, I was a date, and so I didn't get to see as much of it as I would have liked. But, you know, yeah, it, it, it was a, just a typical Pumas game, except this time Monterrey got the goal instead of Pumas. But, uh, you know, I think Monterrey is one of those teams I think it can surprise. Uh, Cruz Azul, I think, can surprise. But I think it's going to take a good month or so before we see these these teams, uh, you know, kind of get back mm. into it. I mean, I just again, I'm not a big fan of the of the two season seasons with this break in the middle. So, and also you know, the other thing to consider is the Champions League, which is going to be affecting probably a lot of the favorites, um, the the apparent favorites for for the league. They're going to be busy playing um, Champions League also. Yeah, against... but they're only going to have to do. Uh, you know, just that one trip out of the country, because after the quarterfinals, everything else will be inside the country, so it's not going to matter. But yeah, that's uh, that's what they got going. Um, that pretty maybe, much maybe they can make it get on the, on that run, like like Ronnie's uh, Manica team that played two Mexican teams in the, in the Libertadores. Talk about how tough it was. It was when they had that Don't hour and a half flight, that hour Don't and a half flight to Morelia. Don't be hating, dude. Don't be hating. <laughs> Uh, so unless uh, anything, uh, anybody wants to uh, comment on anything else, I think we should be uh, wrapping things up for um, for tonight. 
Hold on, hold on one second. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, did you see? Hold on, I saw a tweet from Javier Sol. Uh, I'm trying to see the tweet, um, the comment that uh, that Pumas player, what's his name? Oh Jesus! Yeah, did you did you see? Did you guys read that? Yeah, I think I just tweeted it earlier. You, you tweeted it. It's like uh, Javier Sol a propósito del tema. Hace unos meses entrevisté al Coba. Yeah, that's the one I tweeted. Esto fue lo que me dijo sobre el futbolista mexicano. He's basically saying that he wouldn't change anything about the Mexican uh, player. He is fortunate to make a career in in his country. Something. Um, well, that, that's and, what I was mentioning. Like he he can't make money in Uruguay. Yeah, he says like he goes. I would love to play, you know, fifteen years in Uruguay, but we can't. Because you know, you because of the money, yeah, because they don't want to make any money. He wants to see his kids grow up in his own country. He wants to be able to eat lunch with his family. He can, you know, his, he can send he can send his children across the street and you know, to their you know to their school. Because yeah. I would I would give my life to have that. Um, and it's like the Mexican you know Mexican player has a lot of advantages, and they can take advantage of them. And he also says that. Uh, it's like, where is the Mexican player going to go? There aren't too many places that are better than here. You know, but I thought that was interesting. And I th honestly, I think that's the truth. That's really the, you know, the God honest truth. Hey, I mean, uh, Joel, you don't live in Chino Hills, do you? No, downtown LA. Oh. Not LA, actually, no. Because that's, that's where the, well, you didn't buy your, your, your Powerball ticket in Chino Hills, did you? Oh, what, they announced the winner already? Yeah, it was in Chino Hill. Nah, dude. Bum, bum, bum. Ah. <laughs> a secuestrado, cabrón. <laughs> Joel, Joel, you must, be, you must be over the moon excited that the Rams are coming back to L.A. I don't, I don't watch Pointy Ball. No? No, Just... So, so they, yeah. can, they, they can... I'm excited to go in. I, I, I missed the window. The only Rams he's like worried about are the sex shop. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that? Nothing. Nothing. Oh, radio edit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, um, I think that's it. Um, so for Jolie, John, Beto, Ronnie, and myself, Daniel. We are Los Cuachinulas. Thank you for joining us um, for another episode. Please join us next time. Good night. Thanks. That's for, that's, that's for Pern, Tigres, Tigres Cantos. Sounds very Argentine. Let's <laughs> go.